Hello and welcome to the East Baltimore Graffiti Church's podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at ebgraffitichurch at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on our website at ebgraffitichurch.org. Good morning, church. Thank you for your testimony, Morgan, on your trip in Guatemala and just bringing some of that experience of what they do over there here. Because it can be very, very meaningful and it can help other people understand some of the other worshiping that other people do in other countries that may not be able to have the opportunity to go to that country to experience that. So just want to just say thank you for your testimony and get into the scripture. So um, first I want to open up a prayer before I jump in into preaching. Yeah, and Father God, I just want to say thank you, Lord God, just for allowing us all to be here right now, God. God is asking you to use me as your vessel right now, God. I ask that you just continue to let us all learn something from the message on this morning right now, God. Let us all be able to um, turn to you right now, God, and let us all just be able to just feel your love and your mercy right now, God. So, God, I just want to say thank you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. All right, so we got a lot to unpack in the scripture this morning, and going to try to do it nicely and not quick. <laughs> but there's a lot of peg. There's going to be a lot of reference scriptures. going to be a lot of um, just supporting scriptures on the book of Ephesians on this morning. So I'm going to ask for a little help. So that way we could try to help. Uh, I'll give you all the scriptures and you pretty much just read the scripture to try to help us. I don't got to keep flipping through pages and stuff. So um, for anyone who wants to do it, if I don't get enough volunteers, then I will flip pages. So, um, but if anyone you, you want to take the first scripture of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 13 through 15, Miss Diane. And then the, we got 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. Yeah. All right. Miss <laughs> G. Then we have Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. All right. And then one more. 1 John, well, 1 John. Chapter 2, verses 28 through 29. Yep. Chapter 2, verse 28 through 29. Have Miss Melissa. All right. You'll know your cue, and you can only get to that point. <laughs> so, Book of Ephesians, we're pretty much going to be talking about the armor of God. Um, thank Miss Melissa for reading scripture this morning. Um, I just had the scripture posted up again. We're going to pretty much go through the different sections of scripture and pretty much break down the meaning of it. And then we're going to talk about each armor piece um, and pretty much what it's designed for and how we should use it and what is the, the need of it. So the first scripture I want to focus on is uh, overcoming the schemes of the devil. So verse 10 and 11, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in strength and his might. Put on the full armor of God so that, it, so that way you may stand against, that way you may stand firm against the schemes of the devil. So we need to be able to stand firm against the scheme of the devil. We, get, we need to be able to resist his nature. We, need to be, we, we must live a life that is pleasing to God. So on our, on our journey with walk, we have to be aware that um, the enemy tried to trick us up in multiple ways, and then he tried to scheme against us in different varieties, and we have to be able to try to be aware on how, what do that look like? You know, how can we be aware of it? How, how some of the things that he may approach us so um, on the next slide, we have some of the things like the schemes of the devil. So 
Uh, one of them is he challenged God's word. So when, when I mean by that, you know, God gives us assignments. You know, God um, give us rules to follow. God give us things that we need to do in our life in order to please him. But the enemy try to, ch to try to challenge that on what God has given us. Like, for example, let's go back to, you know, Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve was in the garden um, in, in Genesis, and God pretty much told Adam and Eve that you can eat from any fruit inside the garden except for the fruit of except for the one tree, which is the, the tree of knowledge and evil, of the knowledge of good and evil. But as as uh, the serpent came up against them, um, pretty much in Genesis 3 1, it said, you know, did God really say you shall not eat from any of the trees in the garden? You know, he tried to he, he, he tried to manipulate on what God's word, he tried to challenge God's word to try to get you to do things that God, that is not pleasing unto God. So we have to be able to recognize the, the, the enemy and his schemes and how he tried to, you know, twist God's words around, which is going to the second point of like twisting scripture. You know, Satan tries to twist scripture to try to get people to do what the Bible does not want us to do. Um, he, this, this is why we need to know the truth. This is why we need to know the word. This is why we need to know the Bible. Um, because we have, to be, we have to understand scripture and the truth, the truth of scripture and, not, and, and be able to recognize when, when the scripture is not sound doctrine. Um, so we have, to, we have to be mindful of the way that devil tried to twist scripture. He even did it when he tried to tempt Jesus. So we're going to get to that point a little bit later. Um, another, another scheme is, you know, he causes us to fall. He causes people to fall. You know, since, since the fall in the garden, um, us as humans, you know, we, we, we are born into sin. We, we are sinful, and we pretty much need to rely on Christ in order to, you know, rid us of our sins. So the fact that we are human, the fact that we all struggle with sin, we all struggle with something, you know, no one is greater than someone else. And the enemy tried to use that to tempt us and, for another, and we may fall into temptation. So we have to be careful when you are aware of the sin that you're trying to get away from, rather it's addiction, rather um, whatever other you know, sins that is not pleasing to God out there. We have to pretty much just, when, we, when we're trying to stand firm and live a godly life, we have to be able to not fall into temptation, which the enemy will try to use against us. And then I put, like, living borderline with your faith. You know, so, you know, there's, there's people out there that live borderline with their faith. You know, they say, I believe in God, and they come just up to that line, and then they want to try to, uh... To fall back, and then sometimes they cross that line. So that's what I mean by, you know, you, you, you want to be a man and a woman of God, but yet you still want to view the, the sins of the world, so you get just close enough to that borderline, and then you teeter-totter. Sometimes you fall, and sometimes you don't. But, he, it, you know, Satan will, th you know, thrive off of that, because he, he, he knows that, well, if I can just get them to that borderline, they might be able to do the rest for them. So, and I, for an example, you know, I, I try to use, or for an example, I use, you know, some people will say, oh, I know God, so I don't go to church. You know, I don't need to go to church because I already know God. And, you know, 
we, we, when, when the scripture pretty much calls for us to fellowship one, with one another, the scripture calls for us to lean on one another with our walk in Christ. Um, but Satan tried to isolate people in order for it's easier for him to attack them. So if Satan can get you to isolate yourself from other bodies of Christ, then it's easier for him to win the war. It's easier for him to win the spiritual battle. So, and to, to go to the next slide, you know, I'm saying watch out because if you look at 1 Peter chapter uh, 5, verse 8, 11, say, be of sober spirit, be on alert. Your adversities, the devil, prowls around like a lion, roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experience of suffering are being accomplished by your brothers and sisters who are in the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of grace who called on you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you to, his, to him be the man forever and ever. Amen. So pretty much it says in First Peter that it's easier. I mean, well, pretty much it says in First Peter that the, the devil prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour. It's easier to be devoured when you are isolated. So it's easier for, for you know, when, when, when animals hunt, they're not going to attack a pack. They're just going to attack someone that's uh, alone. So it's, it's easier for, that's what I mean by us, that we need to pretty much fight together. We need to be, be able to um, lean on one another as far as fellowship. And so it, that's one way that we need to be on lookout for the enemy schemes. So, and then the, pretty much the other scripture, John for 43, for 45, I just wanted to highlight, I don't got a highlight portion here, but I just wanted to highlight, you know, say so you are the, um, and this is pretty much, uh, so you are the father of the devil and you want to be the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and he does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of lies. And it pretty much, you know, it was said in, in, in John, like, that's, the, that's just the nature of the devil. That's just who he is. So we have to pretty much get, uh, get away from that nature and be able to, you know, have our characteristics be nature of God. So, and, we're, and the scriptures pretty much tells us that, you know, we are in spiritual warfare because in, in the next verse, it says, our struggles is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of the darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So this is, this is spiritual warfare. Um, we, we are not at war with one another. We are not at war with flesh and blood. We are not, at, we, we shouldn't, be fighting each other to trying to see, well, who can do more of God's work than someone else? You know, who could, who, who is God more pleasing of out of each other? You know, it's, it's not about, you know, who is doing what for, for the kingdom of God. We have to pretty much know, like, we're not battling each other. We need to pretty much stand together. So, you know, we need to stand firm against, um, yeah, right. So we say we need to stand firm against the enemy. We should, you know, we should to come together. We should fight the enemy together. Spiritual warfare is not always an individual battle. Um, it, is, it, it is a war. You know, when, when people go to war, it's, 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 it's multiple people together fighting for the same accomplishment. You know, it's not just one person taking on 300 other people. It's, it's, a, it's a team thing. It's, it's something that we need to come together to do. And in order to do that, we must be unified in Christ. We, we must be able to stand firm in Christ. We must be able to fight together 
in Christ because it's, it's going to be a lot of battles and the war is pretty much the, your, your entire Christian journey. So every day is going to be a battle between good and evil. Um, I had that water. <laughs> Sorry. I'm all getting dry. Um, so yeah, so we need to fight together. So now we try to pretty much break down the each individual armor piece that the Bible speaks about on what we should pretty much be carrying on our on our everyday life of journey. On on you know <clears throat> yeah. So we need to make sure that we wear our armor every day. We need to make sure that our friends and family and church family wear their armor every day. We need to just pretty much make sure that. We have, we, have, we have the armor on. So the first armor that the Bible talks about is the belt of truth. This is the Bible, the truth. So the truth is the Bible, the Holy Bible, which is a living word, which is the living faith. So, and Jesus has stated, um, Jesus has stated in John 14, chapter, chapter 14, verse 6, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. So Jesus said that he is the truth. He is the only way. He is the light. No one comes to his father except through, except through him. So we have to understand that the Bible is God's word. And, and we have to be able to, um, to, to know that. We have to be able to practice that. We got to study that. You know, so it says, um, so I have, you must study the, and know the word of God because studying the word of God will help you know God's true word so you can stand firm against the, the enemies, against the enemy's scheme. And I'm going to ask Miss Diane to go ahead and read for Second Corinthians chapter 11, uh, 13 through 15. Amen. So it says that there are false prophets out there. There are people who's preaching. The Amen. So it says like we need to be capable. We need to be equipped in order to do God's work. And the only way that we can be equipped, the only way we can be capable to do God's work is by knowing God's word itself. So... Um, and then on the next part, I have spiritual battles is pretty much like a little back and forth on what some play that the devil might use versus what is actually the truth. You know, the devil might tell you, you not, you are not loved, but we know that scripture says that God loves you. We know that in John three sixteen, you know, there's a most common verse for God so loved the world. He gave his only, we got a son that whosoever believes shall not pray. We know that God loves us, but when when you are when you are going through suffering and hard times, you might come to a point where it's just like, man, God. The enemy can creep up, uh, creep up and say, you know, God don't love you. You're going through this because He's not around. So, you know, we have to be mindful that the truth is in Scripture, not from the enemy schemes. You know, I say that you know you are a sinner. God won't forgive you. Yes, we know we are a sinner. We know we need that. That is why we need a savior. And we know that God forgives us. And I have reference scriptures that you can pretty much just, you know, jot down and take a look at it later. I'm not going to go through um, each and every one. You know, the, the enemy might say, like, you're not worthy. Your life is bad right now. So, you know, where is God? You know, so it's, it's a lot of questions that can come up against us, but we just pretty much have to stand firm on a word. We have to know that, you know, God values us. We know that God finds us worthy, you know, and we know that God is with us everywhere that we go. So in order to have on the belt of truth, you have to know the scripture, which is truth. It is, it's, the, it's, the word, it's the living word of God. So the next one we're going to get into is the breastplate of righteousness. <laughs> so 
the breastplate of righteousness is, is, is I have put God first in your, in your life. So if we put God first in our life, then we will be living righteous. You know, if, if, we, live by the, if we live by God's laws, then we will pretty much be living righteously with God. Um, you know, for, it's, I mean, uh, it says, love God with all your heart, all your mind, with all your soul. This is the first and great commandment. The second is unlike to it. Love that neighbor as yourself. On these two laws hang all the, prophet, hang all the laws on the prophet. So we know that that is God's law, to, to love him and to love your neighbors. So if we, if we are able to carry that out and live that out, that is living righteously. That is, that is living, yeah, righteously. So, and then when we, and when we live righteously in, in God's word, we have to be an example for other people that, that don't know God. We have to be an example for other people that is getting to know God. We have to be an example for other people that, you know, that, that has a peak of interest in God. So in order, so, you know, oh yeah, so it's pretty much, I also said like in our Bible study, we was talking about, you know, a couple weeks ago, we were talking like being ambassadors, you know, for Christ. And it was just, you know, very eye-opening and a different perspective. Like, you know, we are ambassadors of Christ. We have to pretty much go out there and then, and be representations for God for other people to make them want to come to Christ. You know, um, so we have to pretty much just represent uh, Christ well and bring people to their kingdom. Um, and then um, the, th the, th the third point I have is, you know, help others live out their lives for Christ. To, to, to pretty much go back to, we got to help each other be righteous. We got to help each other... Um, Stay on the path of God. When, when one brother or sister fall, we need to help them up and correct them. We need to steer them back on the path of righteousness because, um, because to, to go back to what I, what, what I said, we need to lean on each other on our spiritual battles from day to day. So it's going to be some days that you succeed. It's going to be some days that you fail. It's going to be some days that your um, other brothers and sisters in Christ succeed. It's going to be some days that they fail. But when they fail, we need to be there to help them up and encourage them. Because, And then I, I wanted to also point to uh, Philippians chapter... Uh, yeah, Philippians chapter... Well, I got a little ahead of myself. But, yeah, so um, we'll read Philippians 3, 7 through 9. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as a loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ, and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. Yeah, so the righteousness pretty much comes from God. When, when we gain Christ, we have to lose our old self because we was once unrighteous. We was once not living correctly. So when we, when, when, when we gain Christ, we have to be able to, you know, put those things away and become righteous followers of God. So, and then not only that, you know, we need to practice our righteousness um, once we have been born in Christ, because First uh, John two twenty eight through twenty nine. And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. 
For if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Amen. So it pretty much goes back to like, we know we was unrighteous. We came to Christ. We know that we need to be righteous, but we need to practice God's righteousness in order to know that we was to, that in order to know that we are born of him in Christ. And then um, 2 Corinthians pretty much a state like, you know, you are new in Christ. When you came to Christ, you are a new creation. You are, the, I mean, the old things has passed. So we have to pretty much embrace that, the to, to be, embrace that righteousness to pretty much stand firm and say, I'm new in Christ. The things that I used to do or things that used to have a hold of me is no longer, no longer has that hold on me. You know, I, I, I'm living new. Uh, Christ has washed all my sins away, so there's no point in me to be ashamed. You know, so we have to pretty much, you know, stand firm with our breastplate of righteousness. Um, so then the next thing, the next armor that comes up is the gospel of peace. So <clears throat> is the gospel of peace. So the gospel of peace is pretty much, it's two ways that I kind of had looked at, how I kind of looked at this. So, you know, the first slide is going to talk about one way and the second slide is going to talk about the other. So the first thing I'll talk about is the gospel of peace. We have to be ready to share the gospel. We have to be, we, once again, let's go back to knowing God's word, the truth, the belt of truth. So we have to know God's word. And when we know God's word, we have to share the gospel of God. So we got to be ready to share the gospel with anyone. Second Timothy 4, 1 through 2 says, I solely exhort you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word of God. Be ready in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and exhort with great patience and instruction. So we have to be ready to, once again, in season, out of season, to, to, to preach the word of God, to proclaim the word of God, to share the gospel with other people so that way they can, they, they can be able to develop that God's nature and God's character in order for them to, um, have, to, to live their life right with God. And it's to pretty much say, you know, do it with great patience and instruction. So we can't be impatient teaching word, the God of word. We can't be, um, we can't try to rush it up. Like you need to hurry up and get this so I can move on to someone else. Like, no, it don't work like that. We have to take our time. We have to love them. We have to grant that patient and be patient with them. Because once again, just like how we teeter totter back and forth, trying to live right with God, they're going to do the same exact thing. So we have to be patient with them. So, you know, we have to just be ready to explain the gospel in season, not a season. Then the second one, it says, every, so I put everyone needs to hear the gospel. Romans 10, 13 through 15 says, for everyone who called on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? But how are the, how are they to preach unless they are sent just as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, good, good news of good things. So pretty much like, you know, it's, it's people out there that's, that, that wants to know more about God, that wants to learn the gospel, but they, they, they won't be able to do that unless someone is sent, you know, unless someone preaches the word, you know, unless someone teaches them um, 
Um, and, you know, it kind of just struck, like when Charlie had preached on it last week with, I can't even remember the name, the chariot and, uh, and uh, Philip, pretty much. The scripture from last week, when, the, when pretty much Philip, God told Philip to go to a certain place and um, the eunuch, yes, the eunuch was pretty much, uh, Philip asked, do you know what you are reading? And the eunuch said, how can I read unless someone t- taught me, pretty much? So it's like they, he, he was reading Isaiah, but he didn't understand what the Isaiah was, was, was talking about. So like I said, he was curious about the word of God, but he had no one to teach him the word of God until Philip was sent the, from, the, from God to go teach him. So we have to pretty much go out and pretty much teach people the, the, the gospel of peace. And then the second thing, um, you know, the second slide I have, you know, the gospel of peace, I mean, the gospel brings peace in the midst of chaos. So the first portion was pretty much sharing the gospel, um, evangelizing, and the second is the peace portion. So, you know, the, the, gospel, the, the gospel of peace, the gospel brings peace in the midst of chaos. And God is not the author of confusion, disorder, but of peace. When, when, wherever you go, peace shall follow. So it's, it's pretty much like whenever we are in the midst of trials and tribulation, whenever we um, are, are going through hardships and hard times, we have to pretty much turn back to the word of God and turn back to the love of God and turn back to scriptures to pretty much hear God's voice. Um, because God, God you, you can hear God's voice from just reading the Bible. You know, he, he don't have to have a commanding voice from heaven to pretty much talk to someone even though he has the power to do so, but we can, we can hear God's word by reading the scriptures. So when, when we are going through those trials and tribulations, we, we, because we're going to be tested of our faith and we're going to get there, but uh, we're going to be tested for our faith, so we have to pretty much stand firm in him, keep our peace. And then I just love the, the fact of like, you know, peace should, peace should go, what did I say? Wherever you go, peace should follow you. So, you know, it's just like, you know, when, when you enter into a room, is it calm? Is it peaceful? You know, are you the one stirring up the chaos? Are you the one, you know, just, just that's, that's, that's not being that, that peacemaker that God calls us to, to be? You know, peace, as, 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 as if we live righteous, righteously in, the, in God's character, you know, peace should pretty much follow us. We should be the one to help calm the storm. We should be the one that pretty much um, encourage and refer people back to the Bible. So that point I just love. And then the next armor we're going to get into is shield of faith. You know, it's a shield of faith. The shield protects us from flaming arrows of the evil one. That's what the, uh, Ephesians chapter 6 says. It protects us from the flaming arrows of the evil, evil ones. You know, our faith protects us from the evil one, the more that we put our faith and trust in God, the more we will be able to overcome the enemy's schemes. So um, to have faith in Christ means we need to stop doubting God in, our, in the midst of our trials and tribulations and lean on him even more because we know that our faith um, will be tested. So in, 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 in those hard times, we need to be able to lean on God more instead of going away from God, saying, God, you're allowing this to happen in my life, so I'm mad at you right now. 
Like, no, we, we need that. In those times, we need to draw closer to God because it is building our character. We know that in the book of Romans, it's pretty much says, you know, suffering, build endurance, endurance, build um, hope, hope builds character. So it, 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 it's getting into our, our character in Christ in order for us to go through trials and tribulations, to build our testimony, to help other people, and then help other people achieve and overcome those same trials and tribulations. So we have to pretty much lean on Christ and, and remain and keep our faith. So, you know, the shield of faith, it says, um, you need faith in Christ in order to have a proper shield. In order for you to have a proper shield that won't crack, in order for you to won't have a proper shield that won't break, you know, we had to put our faith in Christ. If we put our faith in ourselves, I mean, the arrow's going to go right through your shell. That's, that's pretty much what's going to happen. And it's going to hurt you. And then you're going to be in the low-level part of your life. And then that's when you're going to turn back to God and rely on him once again. But we need to pretty much have faith in Christ to keep a proper shield. And then, you know, in, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, 1 through 40, that's the hall of faith. That's, that's, that's what we call, pretty much call like the hall of faith because it talks about the great men and women of the Old Testament that put their faith in God. So if you, if you read Hebrews chapter 11, you will see the great things that people was able to achieve by just putting their faith in God. It says, by faith, the world was created by the words of God. By faith, Enoch was taken up so he did not see death. By faith, Noah built the ark. By faith, Abraham offered up Isaac. You know, by faith, Moses left Egypt. So all those people had was had great trials and tribulations inside of their life, but they put their they decided to put their faith in God. And then if you read all those stories, so I mean, Noah is a famous one. He was God warned that the flood was coming. So if God, if Noah didn't put his faith in Christ, he would have been washed away with the rest of the people there. So he, by, by faith, he did the will of God, and he was able to achieve the, the, the trials and tribulation that, that came up against him. So we, have to, we pretty much need to do the same thing so that, way we, so that way we can be written into the hall of faith. That way we can pretty much be an example for other people to show how much faith that God had in, um, that we put our faith in God to carry out to carry out our trials and tribulations. So I just think that's a good book to read. Um, that way you can just see that some of the things that they have just gone through and how God brought them out of that. So and then we are reminded that James chapter 1, um, verse 2, it says, your test will, in James it says, your test will be faced up. Your faith will be tested. So we know that as I stated earlier, that our faith is going to be tested. We know that we're going to face trials and um, tribulations of many kind. And just a reminder that we need to pretty much hold on to the character of God in the midst of the suffering. And we need to lean on each other in the midst of the suffering. And I'm going to read Galatians chapter 6, 1 and 2. So Galatians 6, 1 and 2 says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you or who are taken over in any trespass, you who are spiritually restored, such, such a one in a spirit of gentleness, consider yourself 
lest you also be tempted. Bear one another burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know, we bear one another uh, burdens. We need, so we and so we can fulfill the law of Christ. So we pretty much need to lean on each other to 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 fulfill God's law on what He wants us to do in our life. So the next. Um, the next, the next armor that we're going to talk about is the helmet of salvation. Salvation saves us. Salvation saves us. So, <clears throat> got a lot of pages to flip through. So, you, so when you become saved, you are now a son or daughter of Christ. You are now um, a child of Christ. Once you, once you de declare Lord as your Lord and Savior. First John chapter three, one through three says, "Behold, what a manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed." we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, as he is. So as being the children of God, we pretty much believe in him. When, when, when we become revealed to him, it says that the, the world will not know us because they don't know him. So we chose to, to <clears throat> we, we chose and made a decision to turn our life over to Jesus because Jesus does not force himself onto anyone. Jesus does not um, force you to believe in him. So we, he, he gave us dominion. He gave us freedom. He gave us a, a, a free choice on earth. So once you decided to come to Christ, you was made new. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the comforter and guider to Christ. Um, help us guide us to Christ. We received the promise that was made to us uh, way back in the beginning of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, you know, is it said that we were sealed with the Holy Spirit, which is the promise of the inheritance of, is it God's kingdom? I can't remember. But the inheritance of pretty much the first inheritance. So um, the Holy Spirit, we, we were sealed with that once we became saved, once we um, made the Lord our God. So then it goes back to you, though, saying no one can take that salvation away from you. Um, once you become saved, once you decide to follow Christ, once you, um, no one can pretty much take that, take, take that from you because it's like, you know, if you're in the middle of war, you're not going to let someone take your helmet off to, you know, <laughs> strike you. So it's just like, it's the same way to where though once we gave up our salvation to God, um, we pretty much try and get to the scripture, but we pretty much, um, Yeah, have that salvation forever. And I want to read John chapter 10, verse 28 through 30. And it says, And when she had said these things, she went, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister. Oh, let me read chapter 11. What did I say? That ain't sound right. All right, 10 through 28 through 30. Um, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hands. I and my Father are one. 
So it pretty much says, like, once you become a believer of Christ, you God has you in his hands, and he will not let anyone take you out of his hands. So, um, yeah. And then on the second portion of the, I want to pretty much, like, use this as a encouragement as far as, like, helmet salvation, us as being followers of Christ. You know, Jesus pretty much said in John, the, the one who hates me, hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would not have sinned. But now they have both seen and hated me and my father as well. But this has happened so that the word that is written in their law will be fulfilled. They hated me for no reason. So it's saying that Jesus was hated for, for no reason. So us being followers of Christ on a, on a, in the book of Matthew, it says that, you know, we will be hated for, for Jesus' name. We will be hated in his name. So us just being followers of Jesus, there's going to be people who hate you. There's going to be people that don't like you. But that, that shouldn't scare your, your salvation away. That, that shouldn't, or like, man, they don't like me, so maybe I shouldn't believe in God. No, we need to stand firm. We need to stand on God's word. We need to stand on the truth. And we need to pretty much have faith and believe on why you believed in the first place. So we have to pretty much keep our salvation strong. We have to pretty much just remind ourselves that God saved me and he's not going to let no one take me from him. So we have to keep on our helmet of salvation. So then the, the next armor I'm going to talk about is the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit. <clears throat> um, My bad. So it so said the Bible is not meant to attack other people. So the Bible is not meant to attack other people. You know, we are not supposed to beat up people with the Bible. We are not supposed to force them into believing the Bible. We are not supposed to attack them with the Bible. We're supposed to tell them about the word of God out of love, out of patience, out of, um, and, and help them understand it, but not force or not, 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 beat them up with it pretty much so no the bible is to attack the enemy so we should use the bible to attack the enemy when satan comes to you we need to fight him off with scripture we need to, we need to use the bible as an offensive weapon when the enemy tries to tempt us in our day-to-day -day life we must use scripture we go back to the belt of truth we must know scripture in order to use scripture so in in order to um and, and it says in John 14, uh, uh, I'm supposed to read it. John 14, verse 26, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. So when we, when we have salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help us guide us to the truth. We will study and know the truth. So we will pretty much, the, the Holy Spirit will bring into remembrance of truth in the times of trials and tribulation. You know, have you ever been like sharing a gospel with someone and then, you know, it's just like, man, you, you're trying to help them with their problem, their situation. He's like, man, I know something, something in the scripture talks about this. And then, you know, I don't know, and the scripture comes to your mind and you're like, oh yeah, such, such, such says, that's, that's the Holy Spirit bringing into remembrance of the truth. 
as the Holy Spirit bringing them to remembrance of uh, God's word. So it says pretty much like I said, when you use God in his, in, um, in, in his name, then the Holy Spirit will pretty much bring those things to you. So the Holy Spirit helps remind us of scripture when we can't, when we don't fully remember. And then something that I wanted to pretty much highlight that in the, um, when, in, in the life of Jesus, you know, Jesus used, in, used scripture to fight off the enemy when he was being tempted from the devil. When, and, and you can read this in Matthew 4, 1 through 11, or Luke 4, 1 through 13. It talks about um, Jesus being tempted in the wilderness after he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And it, it's, it's just, and we're going to pretty much, you know, review these three instances on what the enemy tried to do. And it says, and the devil, this, this I use uh, came from the book of Luke. So it says, and the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, Tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written. That means it is in the word of God. That means the word of God states this. So he used scripture to fight against the devil and his schemes in the wilderness. So Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. So Jesus won the first battle. Obviously, he's going to win all of them. But we're going to look at the, um, the, the second portion of what he tried to do to tempt them. He said, the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory for it has been handed over to me and I give it to whoever I want. Therefore, if you worship me, it shall all be yours. And Jesus replied to him, it is written, you shall not worship, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the third time, the enemy tried to pray much said, if you are, um, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, now the enemy is twisting scripture. This is where you need to understand, because the enemy said, for it is written. So the enemy said, for it is written, he will give his angels order concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will lift you up so that you do not strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him and said, it has been stated, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So it goes back to the belt of truth when I said that the enemy in his schemes, he knows scripture. He knows scripture. He tried to twist scripture, and he even tried to twist it on the person who <laughs> wrote scripture. So if he if he even tried to twist scripture on Jesus Christ, of course he's going to try to twist scripture with us, which is why we need to abide in Jesus. We need to be one with Christ. We need to be able to um, know his word and be able to recognize false teachers, false prophets, and even the enemy and Satan himself. So, and, and you know, Jesus just, he just, he just used scripture. It is written. He used what was already given to the people that was there. He made that example. He set that example. And we had to pretty much, you know, carry out, carry out that as well. So on the last slide, I just pretty much have all the armors um, listed up there. And, and I just put, you know, all armor must be worn together because they all work together. You, you, you cannot only have a helmet without a shield. You can't, you can't have your belt and without the sword. You need to have all the armor together. So the armor, all the armor must be worn together. All the armor must come together. And I said, you know, in order for the sword to work, 
you need to know the truth, which is the belt of truth. So in order for you to use the sword, you need the belt. So in order for you to, in order for you to um, have a strong faith with your shield, you need salvation. So in order, once you become saved of Christ, then that way you receive strong faith in Christ because he didn't already change multiple things in your life. So all these pieces works together. And all these, we are called to wear it every day. We must wear it every day. The enemy is going to try to attack us every day. He's going to try to cause us to sin every day. And he's going to pretty much try to have us fall into temptation. But if we wear the armor, if we keep God first in our life, and if we pretty much trust in him, then we are able to pretty much take on the attacks of the enemy. We will be able to, you know, make that life-changing I mean, that, that, that altering life changing. And just, just, just another reminder, like, it, we, we, we are at war together. You know, we, we is, is an army. We, we are an army of Christ. We need to pretty much stand together. We need to pretty much fight off the enemy together. So we must be unified. We must be able to make sure that um, Pastor Charlie have his armor on. He need to make sure I have my armor on. And once again, when you see your brother slip and fall, brother or sister slip or fall, you must encourage them. You must pick them up. You must steer them back on a path of righteousness and give them that breastplate. Like, we need to be righteous. So the armor covers multiple areas of our life that we need each and every day. And we just have to be more intentionally aware of the spiritual warfare that goes on in the world that everything is not flesh and blood. It says it in scripture. It's not flesh and blood. It's not flesh and blood. It is spiritual warfare. So we need our armor, and we need to stand firm on our faith, and we need to pretty much rest and abide in Jesus Christ.